What are we calling this? The Free Cheese and Hot Sauce Podcast. Nightingales. Buckies or bookies? And I'm just trying to do better than I use. Speaking of crows. It's a kind of shame that you really just can't describe. No thoughts, chaps, no thoughts. All right. All right. Hey, what is going on, Internet? It's Free Cheese and Hot Sauce, the official podcast of r slash Chicago Bulls or chicagobulls.reddit.com or whatever you kids like to call it these days. We are here. I'm Chris. Hello. We have John. Hey, Chris. Hey. I don't... I don't know what I was doing there. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't either. I was, but... I was actually <laughs> looking out the window. There's like, there's like, I've I live behind a nun convent. Actually, what? It's not like an actual like nun convent. Like it is, but it's really I I don't know really what it is anymore. But like these kids were like kind of like parading around outside in the driveway area. So uh, I don't know. I was just I wasn't sure what the hell was going on. Then I heard like a lot of people clapping, and I don't know. I kind of got lost in it. So I apologize for that. Did you go shake your cane at them? Uh, no, I, no, I don't have a cane. If I did, though. All right, so, uh, we're going to be talking about the Bulls. They're playing the Philadelphia 76ers tonight on Friday, November 7th at 6 p.m. Available on Comcast Sportsnet, I think, as far as TV goes. Yeah, seems um, about right. Sometimes they play games on WGN, which always kind of throws me off whenever that happens. There, the other night there was a game that I had to watch on, like, the public access channel just because, like, the Hawks were on it. I guess they were playing the news on WGN, because, you know. Yeah, was it the, uh, like, CSN Plus thing? Yeah, it's like, it's just like a channel you would never, ever go to. Right. If you have a, I happen to have Comcast, which, you mm-hmm. know, to kill myself. Yeah, um, rough, rough life. But... Yeah, and the scoreboard was halfway off the screen for the entire game, so I was just kind of guessing at what the score was the entire game. Yeah. I against the Magic. Uh, that, yeah. Turns out that was kind of a close game. For yeah, a that actually kind of leads into what I think the Bulls have to do to win this game, but I guess we should do starting lineups, right? Yeah, let's do starting lineups. I mean, it. we could say starting lineups, the Philadelphia, we're pretty much going to say everything that everyone has said about Philadelphia this offseason, which is, um... What? To, to put it kindly, <laughs> um... I... They... Mm. <laughs> there's nothing... Here, here's the starting lineup. They've got Tony Roten, who I actually kind of like, at point guard. More of a two-guard, though. Yeah. Hollis Thompson, playing shooting guard. Luke Richard and Bahamute. Mm-hmm. Brandon Davies. And the rookie... Slash sophomore Nerlens Noel. Did you see that game the other night where Noel like didn't crash the boards at all, but he ended up with I think I think he finished the game with like eight points and like six assists or something really really weird. It was like one of those stat lines that didn't make a hell of a lot of sense considering he's supposed to be, you know, they're big. He's supposed to get like, rebounds, but it just didn't happen this one night, I guess. Well, Noel really hasn't been doing all that much other than blocking shots and missing free throws. He's yeah. shooting 33% from the free throw line right now. Ooh, that's that's, rough. Uh, that's not good no matter what your position is. It's yeah. especially bad if you play for the 76ers. 
Definitely. I mean, like, what you said, though, about blocking shots, I mean, the 76ers are the third-ranked team for most blocks, block shots in a game. So, I mean, like, I guess right now what I'm doing is I'm kind of looking at everything that the 76ers are and trying to find the positives, you know? Well, I mean, they've got pretty decent bigs. You know, they've got a lot of size, I guess I should say. Not necessarily bigs, but there's no one in that starting lineup who's under 6'6". Yeah. Um... Nerlens Noel is going to come along. He's still a rookie. It's going to take time for him to get the scoring down and all that. But he is a pretty good rim defender. Um, Brandon Davies, uh, actually after just a terrible first game or first couple of games, he's averaging like 12 points now, which is uh, probably just because he's on the Sixers. But he's doing Mm -hmm. decent in his roles as a starter. Yeah. Uh, Tony Roten is averaging like 20 and 7. He's... I actually really like him. He's kind of a good combo guard. He's big. He's athletic. He can defend either position really well. Turnovers, though. Yeah, a lot of turnovers. I think it's like, what, five right now? (laughs) Something like that, yeah. Five uh, per game? Yeah, (laughs) he's he's kind of single-handedly messing up a lot of... Well, I mean, he's the only guy who can really run the offense on that team. I mean, their other point guard is Alexi Shved, who Uh I thought was a shooting guard. He was. He played last year for the Timberwolves, I think, if I recall. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they have Michael Carter-Williams, who's out for at least a couple of weeks. I'd... Yeah, it wasn't like two to three weeks, but I think he, he's cleared to scrimmage with the team right now. I think today's like the first scrimmage he'll be partaking in in a while. So, you know, at the end of the day, like it's, it's fun to have the 76ers as like, the joke team that's terrible, but at the same token, you kind of want them to get their guys back and like look at least halfway decent soon, even though this will I not mean, be the year for it to happen, probably. Yeah, you always want the competition to be at a high level, and the Sixers, I mean, they've already lost their first five games, and they haven't necessarily been in those mm-hmm. games. It's just kind of, where can they really go for points? I mean, KJ McDaniels off the bench is doing all right. He's shooting over 50%. He's scoring about 10 points per game, but mm-hmm. there's really no one else. I mean, there's literally no one else who can score consistently. I mean, you've seen Alexei Shved play. Can he? No. No. The, the so... other night, I think he had, like, two points, and it was, like, one for six shooting and like just really looked kind of like lost out there on the court i mean like yeah i don't know the the 76ers are a nice like i always for people who actually listen to this show often enough i realize i like picking junk teams to really really like and sometimes it pays off like the sacramento kings right now they yeah, look uh, they look good they're four and one right now yeah they, they look at that pick yeah i wouldn't mind another pick as of right now we would get, I think, like the twentieth pick or something like that from yeah, them, and that's not bad for that's... a. You know, you could get a Perry Jones type player. You could get a. I mean, Taj Gibson was the twenty-second pick in the draft, and look how he's shaped out. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, you gotta, you gotta, you know, value those like picks. They, you know, they're not appealing because they're not like lottery ones or whatever. But same token, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean you. Plus, on a championship contending team like the Bulls, not to get away from this uh, huge game with the 76ers, which, you know, but mm. you don't really want to necessarily add guys who are going to need big minutes right away to kind of break into the NBA. You kind of want the guys who will do well playing off the bench and learning and kind of understanding their offense as well as they can so they can come in two, three years later and be 
big role players on a team, kind of like a guy like Kawhi Leonard was in San Antonio. Yeah, totally. So I guess kind of uh, like the question mark right now is, you know, obviously recording this today prior to the game, but if Joakim right. Noah is going to be playing in uh, the game on Friday evening. I, it's hard mm. to say even if we were recording two hours before the game because I feel yeah. like it would be another game time call where he goes in and he goes, oh, I'm not feeling up to it, or yeah, I think I can go tonight. Uh, the same kind of goes for Derek Rose, who apparently tweaked his ankles against the bucks but he also said that he felt fine after the game so right it's hard to know if they're gonna hold him out because it's a back-to-back and they don't really need him against the sixers and so it's hard to say exactly what the bulls lineup will look like but Mm -hmm. regardless i think they have the advantage um you know you've got aaron brooks and kirk heinrich if rose doesn't play and that might be a matchup issue with right yeah just because of his length and his athleticism Mm mm-hmm but they won't really. The Bulls' ball movement will do perfectly fine with the guys they have. I just. I don't see a real way that the Sixers can win this game unless the Bulls give it to them. That's what I was going to say. It's like. Really, what's going to be the. Like, what will be problematic, if anything, is the Bulls playing down to their competition or just kind of playing sloppy and stuff like that. Like, the, Which they do a lot. They do that. And it's it's concerning. Like, they don't look as tight in those games. Like, in the Bucks game, like, yeah, we won, but it's. You know, maybe I'm just really, really pessimistic or something, but, like, it wasn't one of those wins where I was, like, really hyped on it or anything. I mean, it was, it was a really sloppy game. Like, in general, it wasn't really until the fourth quarter that things started to look up i mean i know that i think the bucks only might have outscored us in one quarter being the uh second quarter they outscored us uh, 32 to 26 but you know i don't know it's just it does concern me a lot whenever we have those games where we just look really sloppy against these like junk teams that really should be easy to you know pull out a big win on them and stuff and kind of lead throughout the game and give your like you know bench players some minutes towards the end yeah, and I feel like kind of the key to avoiding that is staying out of foul trouble. Yeah. You know, because then you don't have to worry about matchups being off and certain guys who were hot having to come out and kind of breaking up the rhythm. So yeah. I think if they can stay out of foul trouble, that'll be big. Um, they're going to have to recognize their matchups just to kind of... Because a lot of times they'll have Pau Gasol on a guy who really isn't quite smart enough or strong enough to defend Pau Gasol in the post. Yeah. Or they'll have, say, Jimmy Butler being guarded by K.J. McDaniels, who's, yeah, he's a good scorer at this point in his career, but he's really not much of a defender. Right, yeah. Um, And then just kind of making sure that the bench can come in and continue to bring production in the way that they have been. I mean, it's the first game of a back-to-back. There are guys with injuries, so those guys are going to need to step in. But that really hasn't seemed to be much of a problem in these first few games wasn't it the bucks game though last night like the bench really didn't perform well at all or am i thinking of the orlando game i remember like seeing a stat where like the bench had only scored like four points or something at the half like it looked really bad i'll be honest i uh didn't catch the bucks game just because i was i wasn't home and i forgot to record it so i don't exactly know with the bucks game i know in the magic game they looked good yeah, they have in all the other games I've seen. So the Bucks game was really, really rough for the bench, from what I recall. I mean, you, you, first off, you didn't really miss out on much for the game anyway. I mean, it was one of those. Doesn't wins. seem like. <laughs> yeah, no, you you know nothing really particularly great happened. Um, 
there was a really big reaction when Jimmy got, uh, I think like OJ Mayo ran into him and Jimmy sort of acted a little bit and fell down and they called the offensive foul on OJ Mayo and like everyone at the Bradley Center blew up like booing and stuff. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, it's, that's just kind of the grind of these first five games and I wonder if the Bulls aren't kind of feeling that too where they don't feel that the competition is up to them. But it you can never really have that mentality just because every game's important, especially when with how important a home court is in the playoffs and all that. Yeah, you really can't like have those games where you just like sleep on teams or whatever. I mean, we're lucky that we've escaped some of these games that should be easy wins. I mean, like right now, it's hard to like go onto any like basketball blog site or like any sort of thing and not hear news about the Cavaliers and what happened last night with them against the jazz you know yeah it's it's like uh, these are the games that you know the bulls should win these games that they're going through right now because at the end of the season like these could be the ones that separate us from the Cavs in like the one and two spots you know yeah exactly and it's always easier to play ahead you know the nba season is a long game so if you have a few games on the Cavs, it it turns big matchups where they can potentially get a two-game swing in the division where it's they're still playing from behind even if they win a game. It's just kind of important to have a little bit of distance because it takes the pressure off of your guys. Yeah, exactly. But uh, anyway, the 76ers, I think the Bulls are going to win uh, in a big way. I think it'll be about 105 to 85 or that, less. That is um, very, very optimistic. So, as we went through this episode, I got, I thought about, like, what has happened in the last two games, the Bucks and the Magic game. I'm not so sure I'm ready to do another big Bulls win prediction, so I'm going to put it at 98-92 Bulls win. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, maybe maybe it's better off doing it this way because I'll be pleasantly surprised or something and not be so pessimistic or whatever sometimes. Yeah, you know, normally I I felt bad because so far through, what, six episodes, I've predicted that the Bulls will win every time. Mm -hmm. That'll change eventually, but I just, it really seems like this is, the Bulls should win this game. I don't see the Sixers overcoming their problems to beat the Bulls necessarily. Yeah, the Bulls have a very, very easy November, like in general, even the circus trip, it's not that bad. No, it's not. They could very easily come out of November with a very big lead in the division and the conference and whatnot. I think we play, what, 15 games in November. I was on the um, show's like Twitter account. I think I tweeted something like, the Bulls could easily do 11-plus wins throughout this oh, yeah. month. Easily. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Absolutely. So do you have like a prediction for who you think is going to be the like standout player for the Bulls? Uh, well, the Bulls game, I guess I would predict to be Taj Gibson just because he always mm. has a matchup advantage in this game, especially if he comes off the bench for Joakim. Yeah, no, I'm going to agree. I think Taj Gibson is going to be that player who's just he's going to dominate this game, I think. I mean, in general, this whole season, I feel like so often when at the end of the game when you know everyone's kind of gathering, oh, who was the best Bulls player and stuff, it comes down to either Power Taj a lot of times, I've noticed. Power Taj with, like, either Aaron Brooks or Jimmy Butler, depending on who, like, scored more. Right, yeah. yeah. And I I feel that's kind of what the Bulls wanted mm-hmm. at the beginning of the season. They wanted their post guys to be the focal point of the offense. And to this point, it's 
worked. I mean, Powell's had a very quiet, like, 24 points and 12 rebounds. Yeah. I, I don't know why I pulled those specific numbers out, but he's getting those kinds of numbers, and I haven't really noticed it being like, oh, he's already up to 25. It's more he's just gradually getting baskets when they need it. Yeah, no, I love that. It's like, well, it's, it's, it's what you said. It's like quietly getting these, like, stats and stuff, and... You know, you look around online, you read, like, different blogs, look on Twitter, go on Reddit, whatever, and, like, read what people think, and, like, you very rarely see people singing the praises of Powell unless it's, like, a Lakers fan saying, like, come back, we miss you, and stuff like that, so, yeah, I, he's, I like, really good. I would if I were the Lakers right now. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, though, they paid, like, they're paying, like, what, like, $3.5 million for Boozer? Oh, yeah, they're getting... They're getting a... They're in a steal. That's a bargain for Carlos Boozer. We could say what we want about him, but the only reason I didn't like Boozer on the Bulls was because, one, he didn't defend, and two, he was costing, what, like $14 million? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of those numbers I try to forget, like, regularly. It's like, <laughs> I don't want to even think about it anymore. Well, uh, now you don't have to, because this is the end of the episode. See how that was a beautiful little segue there? I yeah, guess, no, sort I, of. I like that. I, kills it when i point it out but mm-hmm. you know uh remember to leave us a comment or whatever let us know what you think leave us ratings on itunes and stuff i really don't know where we are um stitcher pocket casts those are things i've seen in the description so mm-hmm. check those out uh remember to check out the subreddit reddit.com slash r slash chicago bulls or the other way that dave says it and uh john any final word from you You know? No, I've got nothing. (laughs) No, we got nothing for you. All right, drive home safely, Internet. Beep, beep.